Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode of encouragement, another episode that will equip you and empower you to be the best version of yourself. As you know, Last in Line Leadership is all about equipping, encouraging, and empowering people to identify and utilize their gifts for leadership and to provide practical tools for growth and purpose in your life. So settle into this episode, enjoy, and be ready to walk away different than you came in. Okay. Hey, Last in Line, welcome again to another episode uh, in uh, February of Continuity of Care. And we've talked about this a couple of weeks. And as you know, uh, the Continuity of Care, the CARE, has letters and bullets behind it that are really foundational principles to what we're trying to accomplish uh, you know the platform here, uh, you know, last in line leadership based on Mark 935, where if anyone desires to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. So that's what we're really trying to um, convey here, the perspectives and the stories from faith-based leaders who know how to walk this out, who have had struggles, overcome struggles, and, and they're going to share their stories. And I have a great leader today. Um, his name's TJ Todd. And so he is from, he lives in the North Carolina area. Uh, he's a native New Orleanian, uh, which we love about him. And we're going to, we're going to read a little bit of his background. So he is the CEO of Studio 490, um, which is a creative services company. They do digital marketing, they do branding, they do uh, promotions for folks. They just kind of help as a consulting resource for people that are trying to get digital and promote their brand. Um, he's got over 30 years experience in creative communication and men's ministry. Um, he's, uh, he, he took over a, uh, a nonprofit called Uncommon, just really bent towards building men as leaders, dads, husbands, uh, followers of Christ, building their faith, and he took that um, over, I guess, about 2016. And so um, what his heart really is for that ministry is to see men succeed and have an impact, really kind of in their families, communities, and, and ultimately in a broader spectrum of the world. And he's, he's chosen to make a difference and develop content through that platform um, and, and encourage men to really just be what they've called to be, been called to be in their, as a husband, as a dad, as a leader. So, uh, you know, without any further ado, I want to, I want to welcome TJ Todd to the show. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate it, man. Um, as soon as you say New Orleans, I start smiling, right? Uh, right now we've been living in Charlotte for about, about 14 years and I only get homesick about once a week now. So it's gotten a little better. Only. All right. Well, you're getting, you're getting there, getting there uh, and right. it's okay, man. I, hopefully you've let a little of that culture kind of bleed into where you are currently. Oh, we do. We do. Uh, we'll fly up crawfish once a year and do a live crawfish boil in the backyard. And uh, uh, we put out our Mardi Gras uh, stuff in the front with our flags and some little signs. And uh, there you go. so, yeah, we uh, we bring a little taste in New Orleans to Charlotte. That's very cool. Very cool. I love the food, of course. Who doesn't? Um, I love the culture, the history, just the architecture, all of it. And, and most of all, and most importantly, I love my saints. Amen. So that's, that's where I, you know, it kind of not in that order about what I love about <laughs> New Orleans. Hey, uh, no audience. I think you, you picked a good one to, to sit in on here because we've got some gold uh, about to be dropped in the middle of your world today because the continuity of care, we've talked about continuity and it's not a word we use every day, but I mean, we, we need to get familiar with it because I think it's more about consistency. It's about a continuum that is unshakable, that, that stays on its path, regardless of circumstances and situations around us, and continuity of care, the letters we have, C-A-R-E, we're going to talk about courage, we're going to talk about attitude, um, resilience, and ultimately empowerment, um, because that's really, really where we start to put legs on this and to really start impacting the world around us. So I'm going to dive right in. And is there anything about yourself uh, besides what we talked about that you want to share? Um, I didn't, I, you mentioned your wife, Dana. Uh, I don't know how many years, how many years you've been married? Holy cow. So uh, we just turned 31 about two weeks ago. Congrats, man. Uh, we met in fifth grade. Our first date was the ninth grade prom back when I had hair. You know, it's uh, <laughs> fun. 
And so, uh, but yeah, we, um, we have two adult sons. And so all of us work together uh, at studio and all of us also work on uncommon content. So we always describe it as we're just like Duck Dynasty without the money or the beards. <laughs> Man, what a dream though. I mean, that would be, I, I'm sure there's challenges with seeing your family every single minute of every day in a professional environment, but I, I would say that that's got to <clears> be pretty rewarding, um, especially, you know, as you're watching that next generation kind of follow and, and help you build content for building men. And, um, Man, I think that's awesome. Talk to us a little. Give us a backstory about Uncommon. And we talked a little bit about its purpose and the heart behind it. But talk about just the vision that you're you're continuously having and the impact you're making. Sure, sure. I mean, there are tons of men's ministries out there. And I'd hate to say we're just one of the mix. With a name like Uncommon, we try to step a little bit outside the norm, right? And try not to use the church ease kind of uh, dialect and talk about things like pornography, mm -hmm. talk about competitiveness. Uh, your spouse is going through menopause, uh, empty nest situations, um, work-life balance, um, we challenge, right? So we want to challenge guys while we encourage them. And so for us, we describe that as speaking with truth, in grace. And so you can't have one without the other. You know, no truth and just grace, you don't get the message of Christ. And all truth and no grace, you don't get the love of Christ. So it's important for us to try to encourage men and encourage ourselves too. We don't say, you should do this. We mm -hmm. say, we need to do this. And we feel that God is saying we all need to do this. And so yeah. we all need to work on being more Christ-like. That's good. I mean, the world needs more of that. The world, hopefully, like you said, hopefully there is a lot of that going on throughout the country with men's ministries. So, I mean, let's let's make this outline bend a little in that direction toward an audience, let's say, of men who are leaders, you know, maybe they're not a CEO of a company, but, you know, they're leading a family or they're coaching a baseball team or whatever, but, you know, let's talk to guys today and let's peel back the layers on courage a little, uh, you know, courage is a big word and it can have many definitions, I think, to different people, but I, I want to hear what your perspective is and, and talk about what courage is and then talk about why maybe it feels like there's a, there's a rub there and why it's so hard to demonstrate it today. Right. Right. You know, I think courage is tied, you know, to ego in many guys' world. And that's just a you know small jump to you know, the kind of car I drive, how I dress, the kind of job I have, house, money in the bank, all these things. And you know, I look at courage, uh, be willing to do something that God says is right, that maybe our culture says is wrong. Um, you know, standing up for your faith or at least just being consistent. So number one prayer request and email we get from people are about broken relationships or marriages. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to be supportive and, and challenge and encourage guys to be one, Christ-like, two, consistent. You know, um, yes, everybody wants to, you know, be the hero, uh, I think, in their, in their play or their story, but there's something very godly about being the the husband the dad or leader in your family in your community in your world and so uh i would wrap courage around something like that that's great yeah and and then you know obviously it's not overly or it's not as common as it should be let's say in in different pockets of our culture um you know courageous to me is again doing sort of the abnormal. Um, like you said, the uncommon, I love the name. Um, and, and really kind of being countercultural in a lot of ways today, because some of the ways the culture wants us to, to go is really not how it was intended from the beginning, you know, 2000 years ago. And so, um, I don't know, you know, I, I'm raising three boys and a daughter and, it's, it's one of those things where I have to, you have to show it more than you have to 
speak it. Um, sure. And so hopefully we're doing that in the sphere of influence that we're in. But I think I've got people watching that um, feel like maybe they are, you know, courageous because it seems like one of those glamorized words of, well, you know, somebody tried to take a lady's purse and I stepped in and I mean, that's great. That is heroic. That's courageous. But I think doing the little things on a daily basis and, and being consistent with those and walking the way that we were supposed to in purity, you know, our, mor our morals, our values and doing that, you know, really without a spotlight on us to me is courageous. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, do you have time? Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry. We always talk about being in the middle of the mountain. You know, everybody wants to be on that mountaintop. Um, and there are times when you're at the base, but most yeah. of the time we spend our lives right in the middle. We're always up and down that, that, that mountain. And so, you know, how you handle those in-between moments are just as courageous as any um, flashy, showy, and you know, thing you may do in your, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, you have a time you could maybe, because uh, we love stories. Like it's, everybody's got a different one. Every time I bring a guest on and everybody's perspective is, is different. Can you share a story of where you may have had to dig a little deeper than you wanted to, to, to sort of stay on that course and be courageous in a moment where maybe your flesh or circumstances were trying to pull you off that? Yeah, we're, we're about my stories here at Uncommon. So uh, we experienced Hurricane Katrina. My wife and I were born and raised in New Orleans, 40 years, uh, literally blown out of town with Katrina, uh, spent about 18 months in Arizona, Channel, Arizona. And when we first got there, uh, it was just chaos, right? Because we didn't quite know we'd ever have a house again. Um, I literally didn't have a job anymore. We're kind of homeless, jobless, and everything in between. And so I remember sitting at a Red Cross shelter, and if there's anything more humbling, uh, having to have people give you suitcases full of like, toothpaste and socks and underwear and you know that kind of stuff it's very humbling but uh, the lady was like so I'm looking at your bank account and if you were to go and withdraw like $500 out of your account I could give you $2,000 uh, toward whatever your needs are and I said you know what I said I really don't want to do that I said I feel like it that somebody else could benefit from that that doesn't have that situation that they may not have the $500 to even take out to qualify for that. I said, if I don't qualify for it, I don't want that. And she looked at me like I had a third eye growing out of my head. And she explained it one more time. And my boys were there. And I'm like, look, we don't want to get something that we're not qualified for that can benefit someone else. And we had to like fight this lady off for about five minutes, trying to get us to work the system a little bit. Mm. I understand her motive was trying to help, but you know, I just thought it was a good teachable moment for me and my family and everybody involved that, you know, there are times when, you know, you've been blessed to a point where uh, maybe someone else needs that more yeah. than you. Do. And so um, during that period, when, and you didn't have a whole lot. Everything you knew had been basically just upside down. $2,000 was kind of like hitting a lottery. But mm -hmm. I look back at this today. Here it is. That was 2005. Um, many, many years ago. And it's still fresh in my head. And I, I use that as an illustration often when we're talking to people about, you know, situational responses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I can relate and not to something that to that degree, but, you know, being part of that whole experience living and I was living over in that area at the time as well and dealing with Katrina and actually had to, I was leading a team of about 20 salespeople and, and doing operations and transportation, which that was all put to a halt, of course, but it's just, it, there was just so many challenges and, and opportunities to either show courage or, you know, sort of let the situation compromise who we are and it sounds like you made the right choice there and and that would have been a very hard decision because of the provision they were offering sure. in that moment but no I think that's awesome and I hope your kids remember that you know maybe 
maybe they remember that. Maybe you've talked about it. I, I think it's good to talk about those things even after we exhibit that those traits. I think it's good to remind people, hey, not to brag, but just say, hey, you know, remember, uh, I had an opportunity to do this and I didn't. So, you know, um, yeah, courage is, I, I have it, you know, in here first to talk about because I think it's important to ground ground ourselves and define it and sort of frame this whole talk up around what are hard decisions, what's going to drive us to make those hard decisions in the right direction, and what's unshakable within us that doesn't waver, you know, what are the non-negotiables I talk about a lot, and, and I, I think that's awesome, and it sounds like if you, since you had a foundation of faith and knowing what your values were, it was, it was probably easier to make that decision in that moment than someone else who maybe didn't. Um, so the next thing was, you know, oh man, you know, um, you can't tempt me devil. You know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was something like, you know, like, um, a light my mind. <laughs> on me, but, uh, I, I do believe that our time in Arizona during Katrina just galvanized us and our faith, our, and our family, and we all drew closer to God. So those kind of moments really, really impacted us. So good. So good. Um, well, you know, as we kind of now that we've built that foundation and we're, we're kind of building a four wall structure here with courage, attitude, resilience and empowerment. Let's go to that. Let's put that second wall up here and, and in our in our house that's built on solid ground uh, attitude, man. Um, attitude's another thing that I think protects us uh, in a way if we have it lined up, I guess. And it's it's one of those that is less impressionable and less of a roller coaster than some people, because man, I'm going to tell you, I've struggled with this, um, in, you know, in the past over the years and, and maybe still today, but less because I'm aware of it and I have to be intentional about setting a good foundation with my attitude first every day. Uh, or I can get, you know, I can get left to center real quick. Um, so what, you know, give us, an idea in your mind of, of how it, how important and why it's important to, to have an attitude uh, and what attitude you think and is, is the one to really start your day with. Uh, for me, I kind of like, and I was reading through the, the document here. Um, you know, I, I kind of transposed my attitude for wisdom. Um, and for me, it is the prayer I pray most consistently, every every single time I pray, I ask for wisdom, godly wisdom. And so the reason why I do that is that, um, and I have a, a, a friend that we've been you know, counseling with him for a while that uh, he struggles with, you know, he lets his you know, situation dictate his attitude. And so <clears throat> I said, I wanna pray for godly wisdom because that does not change, you know, my feelings and my attitude may move around a little bit. And so yeah. I know that I can trust that godly wisdom does not. So for me, I think if I can rely upon uh, godly wisdom, you know, uh, seek ye the kingdom first, all things will be added after that. Mm -hmm. I think if I can start there, then that is going to direct my thoughts and actions. You know, yeah. like if I don't start with godly wisdom, then here comes TJ's agenda. Here comes TJ's opinion about things. And TJ is often wrong. So <laughs> let's just focus on, you know, some godly wisdom, godly counsel. And that way we know that we're uh, on good, like you said, good foundation. Yeah. Well, and so on the, uh, of the, the guys you, you disciple and minister to stories you've heard, um, you know, similar to, to that example, you know, somebody listening right now thinks, oh, you know, I mean, we're going through one of the worst times in history right now. And, you know, culturally, so, uh, you know, in society, our, our social media is blowing up, our pandemic is not going away, economics, a new president, you know, whatever attitude is getting blown around a little. I mean, cause sure. it's becoming one of those things that's wavering. Um, right. What about the guy listening? That's like, man, I really, I don't know how to control it. I don't know. You know, I can pray for wisdom, but to somebody that's not maybe as in tune with what that feels like or looks like, and, mm -hmm. and they they're into those tangible results. Right. And 
their faith is if kind of iffy sometimes. Sure. How can you help them with their attitude? Um, I think setting an expectation. So I think if we can, even if you are not on fire for Christ right now, and you found that your your faith has taken a bit of a hit during, say, the 2020, um, you know, let's stop tying our joy to a situation. Yeah. Because even if COVID was not here, you tie your joy to your job, you could be fired tomorrow. You tie your joy to a politician, I'm just going to pray for you now because <laughs> you are skating up hill, sweetheart. So um, if we can stop tying our joy to a situation and set proper expectations, you know, that may need to stop right there in a the sense of, okay, well, I don't know what that is. So, well, let's take some moments of time and pray about um, what could bring you joy, you know, uh, maybe getting God's word. Uh, spending some time in God's word is a great place to start. And it's like we always, always should start really to help set expectations because, you know, everything we deal with is kind of touched on in the word of God. I mean, there's, yeah. and there's murder, there's, you know, theft, there's adultery, there's yeah. lying, there's all these things that nothing new that we're experiencing now is is new to the world like oh look we found you know right a politician who lies or whatever that's not new so uh you know spending time in god's word i think can help a believer in any part of the curve that they're on help set better expectations around their their attitudes man that i love that and and i love that perspective because we, you know, we haven't talked in the, in the last couple episodes during at we you know, on attitude. We haven't heard the word expectation. I think that's that's pivotal. Like that's huge because that does sort of land the plane for that guy that's listening that isn't sure about where to go in scripture to feel better, right. feel better quotes. You know, or uh, you know, but 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 he can relate to what you just said and expectations. Everybody has them. Whether you acknowledge them throughout the day, you've got an expectation. It's either good or bad, really. Like there's no middle ground, I think. And and we can control that. That's the beauty of it. Our, it's it's a choice. Our attitude's a choice. Um, it's how we see whatever lens, what we're, what lens we're going to pick up that day is 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 up to us. Right. And like you said, if it's about your job that you're focused on and that's what drives your joy, man, that can be fleeting. That can be, that can come and go. And I think it's perfect that you talked about joy because it's a different, it's a different animal than happiness. Right. We always you say know, those are two things joy about. is a perspective. Happiness is a feeling. That's right. And so, you know, I always, you know, you can't steal my joy because it's not tied to anything but Christ, you know? So right. I know some of these are, you know, these are church terms, right? We try to avoid that. That's what I was saying yeah. before. Uh, yeah, yeah. those church terms in the sense of like that guy who you know, he only goes to church maybe once twice a year he never reads his bible kind of thing right but you have expectations you set them uh what if we set them properly and yeah. you know ground them in christ and so we can start there i think yeah. it's a great place to start for anybody totally agree totally agree and and what i would say too is even if we do get a little churchy uh right now the other way has, hasn't really proven great results, has it? Like for Amen. those that, that aren't standing on that, right. you've done it your way for a while. And where has that gotten us? I'm living proof of it. So, I mean, I think it's maybe time for a shift and maybe time for you to kick the, do more than kick the tires on your Christianity, on your faith, and, and maybe yeah. just go all in with it, you know? So um, that's a great perspective, man. I, I, I always talk about that. I mean, attitude is something everybody talks about, you'll hear, you know, a lot of these motivational speakers are talking about attitude and perspective and, and they should, because, you know, there's a reason that we all talk about it. So um, as we lead into sort of the next piece, I hope we can get some decent examples here because um, this is where I think people listening are going to maybe walk away with something that can change their life yeah. today. And like, and that's hopefully a goal is that somebody leaves different than the way they clicked on this link to watch, you know, 
you know, when they log out, hopefully they're seeing something different and um, resilience. So if we're talking continuity of care, C-A-R-E, we're on resilience. And I mean, we could go a lot of different directions. You know, we could go a lot of different directions. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of heat, a lot of pressure, a lot of friction out there. Sure. And nobody, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, those situations are not uncommon to everybody. Mm. You know, nobody's bulletproof. So sure. give me a, uh, I don't know, give me what you think the temperature is in society right now when it comes to resilience and where we stand as a people and how we, how we go and fight and battle through those tough times. I mean, are we handling it right? Are we, uh, are we get are we more are we more resilient than you thought or are we really kind of underwhelming in that regard underwhelming would be an understatement i think uh and it's not just like this generation I mean, every, every generation has had mm -hmm. issues you know like i'm 52 so my father and his father probably had some huge communication issues right mm -hmm. did not know how to communicate and lead their families well. Mm. Um, but our society today, uh, because everybody is, uh, you know, the, the word cancel culture, right, has become a topic. And we just wrote an uncommon original about this. And we use Jesus as an example of, you know, we have, we were following Jesus when they thought he was going to do, you know, like, what they wanted him to do. And as soon as they found out they did not, he wasn't gonna be doing what they expected him to do, everybody started to fall away, you know? So, yep. um, but in today's society, I think that we have a hard time hearing truth. And so we were talking to a, and I won't say the organization, but obviously I was talking to a pastor of a church and that I'm familiar with, and I asked them, why don't you ever talk about sin? You use the word struggle and storm and challenge, but you never use the word sin. And he said, well, we'd rather talk about the things that we're for rather than the things that we're against. And I said, that one, that's not, that's, that's heresy. That's not what Christ, you know, died for he, he died for your sins not for your storm <laughs> or anything else you want to candy coated with it's good but uh we have a hard time hearing truth in today's society because we're always like well i'm offended i'm sorry the gospel of christ if he has to tell you that you're sinning yes that's going to be offensive yeah. and unfortunately if you don't respond to that then there's a consequence to it mm. and so but we always say truth and grace and so I think if I had to rate this on a scale of one to 10 in today's society, I'll be generous and give it a two, you know, because I do know some people who are, you know, still hard about it, about the father's business, but as a society, boy, we, we have some incredible work to do. Yeah. So what, <clears throat> I guess when we talk about resilience, we're obviously talking about, you know, how to persevere through adversity and things that, are constantly coming at us and, and maybe knocking us off course when it comes to our, our family relationships, our careers, our finances, our physical bodies, whatever. Resilience can be under that umbrella. It can be all of the above. So can tell us about a time. I mean, obviously you went through Katrina and, and you probably had to, you could list uh, a, th a lot of things that were, you had to be resilient, but is there a time maybe in your professional life, if we're talking to business leaders right now, is there a time that you exhibited that and, and maybe what were some of the road hazards along the way as somebody tries to have that resilience, that strength, you know, and, and I have a feeling I know where you might go with this, but talk, talk to us about a moment in your life where you had to really keep your head down and get through a situation. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, being an entrepreneur, I think anybody out there um, that's small business uh, that has kind of put in some time and has been around for a number of years yeah. has seen the, the you know economy do this. And yeah. we've always been really good about like praying about God, you're in control of leading people to us. Our job is to serve them. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
we've been approached several times, I say about like two or three times from industries that were very lucrative. Like I'll use one example, the adult film industry. We were contacted about doing a website for them, uh, somebody, um, and we told them, no, absolutely not. Speaking the wrong, wrong company. I said, you know, who, you know, if you ever been to our website, you kind of know that, you know, we're a Christian-owned operated. Right. You know, and he's like, well, before you hang up, realize that we'll pay four times the amount what you would usually charge, even more than that. And absolutely not. And so, um, you know, you'll think back to those kind of, those are the easy kind, right? Those are the easy ones. But I was talking to a friend of mine who was applying at Apple. And this is back when we were in, in Arizona. And he was asking my opinion about, he was applying at a job that was going to be probably 70 to 80 hours a week for about 18 months and was making about 500 grand a year. And he said, would you, you know, sacrifice your family for that brief time to make that much money knowing that it can really help get you out of debt and get things set and that kind of thing. I'm like, absolutely not. I don't have to even think about this one. I mean, what you're going to lose, the time, the moments, uh, the teachable uh, presence in your family, um, you'll never get back. And that 500,000, that could be 500 million. You'll never get that back. And so, you know, it's easy to uh, get wrapped up into well, I got to make enough money to provide and make enough mm -hmm. money to withstand this storm, right? But, um, you know, being resilient, I mean, we were dealing with Katrina for two years, you know, and you read about in stories in the Bible of, you know, Joseph or um, uh, say uh, the uh, Israelites in the desert. I mean, years yeah. of, of time had passed. In today's culture, if we go through a bad afternoon, yeah, like oh, uh, I feel oh, I'm so persecuted, yeah, I'm so offended. Where's my moment? You know, it's like so. I, I think being um, uh, grounded, you know, in like your your uh, analogy, being grounded, you know, having your house built on firm foundation, will really will help with any kind of resilience that you're facing because. You know, your storms are different than my storms. And uh, even though we all go through them, we have a story we wrote on um, with Katrina, um, with uh, 2020 stuff. It was called Same Storm, Different Boats. Now wow. we're all, it rains on everybody. Wow. We're all in different situations. Wow. So I think the constant there is the presence of Christ in our lives uh, can really benefit us in any situation. Man, that is good. And it sounds like, see, I thought I was all caught up, but it sounds like I'm a little backlogged on some of your new material. I got to get in there and, and get caught up on your, on your content, man. I, I read like every one that there was to read by about mid last year. So I got to get, get off the, get off the bench here and, and get back into it, uh, on your stuff. But, um, Hey, uh, man, I like what you were talking about when it comes to, cause it sounds like resilience through temptation. You know, some of the examples you used of the guys with tempt, you know, were tempted with dollars or you were approached by somebody uh, with dollars. Um, temptation can be any, you know, any flavor, you know, something that is, is sure. kind of hanging out there that might bring a, a temporary benefit, but sacrifice your ultimate core values. And I think we got to all, develop some sort of qualification criteria ahead of time. Like we can't wait till those moments come to yeah. us and then flip a coin and think, okay, that doesn't feel right or whatever. We got to have those things built in ahead of time. Right. And I yeah. think that's why people who are better at being resilient are because I'll give an example. We just in Houston of all places this week, we had record low temperatures. We had snow, we had ice, we had pipes busting people without power, water. I mean, it was a, it's, we're on the tail end of it, I think, but it, it just has been a chaotic mess. And, but you know what, a week before knowing this was happening, like I was out wrapping my faucets outside, right? I wasn't waiting until the temperature was 15 degrees to go do it. 
I, I was getting those right. things lined up. I made sure my generator had gasoline. You know, you start, and I think everybody to a degree was doing that, but it's all about preparation. And, and to your point about resilience and those moments that will come at you, I think we're more successful if we build that in ahead of time, build in those checkpoints ahead of time. Uh, if I could just uh, you know, put a bow on that is, and you hit on it perfectly, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Yep. Put on the full armor of God. Yep. And I won't read it all that I encourage you guys to go out there and read it on yourself, but um, let's see. Uh, trying to scan here a little bit for it says about um, being ready. Uh, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Notice that is a before the battle. You ever see a person try to put on armor during a battle? It sure. is not, not. Yeah. So about preparing for that moment, because um, if you yep. don't practice, obviously you won't be doing a whole lot of playing yep. when the game starts. That's right. That's right. Well, good. I, I mean, I, I, I hope somebody got that. Maybe that was one thing that they can start doing ahead of time. Not if it happens, but when it happens, will you be ready? Um so, uh, you know, coming toward the end of the outline and some of the things we're talking about with continuity of care, again, this is all about developing those practical uh, tools that can, you know, that are unshakable, non-negotiable, that can allow you to be consistent, mm -hmm. that continuity, the continuum of these foundations, the courage, the attitude, the resilience, finally, the empowerment. So... We've talked a lot about ways to empower yourself in certain situations. And that's really what it, you know, what it is, because um, if we're not ready, I mean, I, I, okay. Guilty pleasure, full disclosure. I like, and I'm 48. So this is going to probably rock some people's world. Um, so I listen to Christian rap when I'm working out. All right. right. Contemporary Christian rap. Okay. So there's a guy yes. who I love who I love. <laughs> what? What do you say? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I love him. I love him. But uh, so Andy Minio says, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And, and I, I try to I love it. share that with my kids, you know, as much as possible. And I've got them on board too. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so you, you can relate to that. Yes. Uh, so uh, I cut my teeth on rap, you know, back in the days. And um, when I got saved, I was 25. And I started listening to uh, a bunch of stuff on like the Air One. And one of them was from Cross Movement Records. And so recently, I had the joy of meeting uh, the people who founded and sing in Cross Movement Records, John Wells. Okay. It's called Atomic. Um, he and I worked on a project for a number of years, uh, a um, art art contest, and he's here in Charlotte. Cool. And so I'll name drop John Wells. Thank you, brother, for letting me meet you years ago. So cool. So, uh, but yeah, it's funny to hear you know a little That's person awesome. that likes you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, anyway, so that the point of of us staying ready before we you know, so we don't have to get ready is. Like you said, you can't put on the armor during a battle. So what are ways maybe that you give us some, if a guy's got a notepad and, and he's listening to this, maybe one or two practical things that you do, you know, cause you and I, you know, we're, we're a little longer in the tooth than some might, that might be listening. So we've done it wrong and we've done it right. What are some ways that you've found that are sustainable that have allowed you to kind of empower yourself to be ready? Sure. Sure. Uh, an active prayer life. Uh, I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't have a consistent fellowship or relationship with God. Um, it's impossible to know God's will without communicating with him in prayer. Mm -hmm. So um, it's like, you know, if you put it toward a parent, if you never speak to your mom or your dad, you'll never know what they want you to do, right? Like, I don't know. I never talked to him. Yep. Um, reading God's word daily, you know, getting in the word and reading about these stories that are for our benefit. Thank God there's a Peter 
in the Bible. Yeah. There's a knucklehead like me. Yeah. Thank God there's a Thomas who doubts like me. Yeah. You know, a Moses, a David, a Jonah. So those are there for my benefit, for your benefit. And for the guy who is not active in either one of those, I would say don't put yourself in bad situations. Surround yourself with good character, godly people. That will help you keep um, your um, goals, your perspective, um, finding a mentor. You know, if you are struggling or where to start, find yourself a godly mentor and learn, ask questions, listen. And so I think those are some great ways to start um, investing in yourself, always putting on that armor, always focusing our, our eyes on Christ. And so, you know, I don't think you have to be, a, you know, a 30-year-old mature Christian, you know, in your walk to start that. I think you can be a, a one-day-old one Christian realize that you need help growing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, having that accountability partner, that mentor right before you said it. So that was perfect. You, we went right where I was hoping you were going to go. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say some of the things that prevent us um, for that empowerment piece, like some of the things that kind of get in the way and um, those hurdles, man, and, and they're not necessarily sinful in nature but they impede our progress and so those things like fear insecurity those things we we make a lot of comparisons out there today because we can see everybody's deepest darkest nothing sacred if you don't want it to be you know and so we're making comparisons all the time about what i don't have who's got this and who got the promotion and who didn't and um what do you say to that guy who a the insecurities are overwhelming because he's constantly comparing uh you know to and it, and it just kind of happens it's not that he you know it, it just comparisons are right we just have to deal with it. it's not whether or not we're going to have that struggle but it it's how do we deal with it talk about fear and insecurity boy i tell you what for for guys who you know beat our chest about you know manliness and you know like look at me kind of thing um, we are some of the most insecure mm-hmm. uh, people around that, yeah. you know, uh, a direct hit to a guy's ego, you know, whether it be, um, his job or, um, uh, his family or whatever it is, um, it really shakes us to our core sometimes. And some of those guys, I mean, they're just, they're posing as if nothing affects them, but, uh, deep down, it does. And so that's what the statement, hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. You know, that they've been hurt, so they want to hurt other people. And so um, I think that, you know, we're trying to chase down something, whether it be uh, that job or that dream or passion type piece. I think we want to focus on, you know, is that dream or passion uh, within the will of God? You know, there, there may be things that I have wanted to do or prayed for in the past that, you know, thank God for unanswered prayers, as Garth Brooks, the yep. great theologian said, Absolutely. Um, you know, that that was not in the will of God, you know, that the years that we spent in Katrina, I didn't have the skill sets to start my business and run studio or uncommon before then. The things I went through there, that two year period of learning new things directly allowed me to start studio and then that enabled me to be open to step into the leadership role of uncommon and so if our dream or passion is just that a dream or a passion i mean if it's not in the will of god you're going to struggle trying to do that and you know what are you getting out of that you know if you're going to chase down something um you know is it just money is it prestige you know, think about how it's going to impact your family, impact you. It may cause a lot of stress, which impacts your marriage, impacts your family. So um, fear and 
uh, insecurity, anxiety, boy, it just comes standard with this model, right? It just comes built in. But, you know, I think the more we take those things to Christ um, and lay them at the foot of the cross and do not pick them up when we leave that conversation, uh, I think the more progress we can make on uh, just being more Christ-like in all those areas. They're always going to have fear and anxiety about things, but um, uh, the less you take them to the cross, the more they're going to impact your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm living proof of that. And thank God for not getting what we want, but getting what we need when we need it. Right. Like, thank, I, I couldn't agree more just from times that I thought I was ready and I wasn't. And we try to outrun God and, and it's just not a good recipe. Um, and, and, you know, I'll say to the guy that maybe he can't grasp or, or conceptualize, you know, the will of God for his life. Like this is a, this is a thing that's out there kind of like the wizard of Oz that no one ever sees or knows what, what that's about. Like, you know, it's one of those to some guys, it's the will of God. Like, how do I know? Like, so that immobilizes them immediately, but I, I, I'll, you know, to the fear point, um, we have, we're on this hamster wheel of being fearful of failure because we're constantly relying on the same source of strength, which is us, which is us or our environment. Like that's let us down before. That's, that's been a constant disappointment, which keeps feeding the fire that is our fear. Like I'm speaking from experience. So if there's a guy that's relating to what I'm saying, just, I, I encourage you lean on something else, lean on somebody bigger than you. I mean, the person that wrote the manual probably knows how to get you out of the situation or get your mind right to not let those things just kind of melt into the fabric of who you are like though you can deflect these things easier if you're grounded in something stronger than you bigger than you a god that made you like he knows how you're wired so i'll get off my soapbox but i I felt like somebody needed to hear that because i would have loved to have heard that 10 years ago um you know so uh, i don't know yeah we all need someone it's not like i think our uh, some guys think that i don't need anyone I'm a self-made man. Um, that shows weakness. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're doing yourself a, a huge disservice and setting yourself up for when you fail, you will fail catastrophically. And when you're talking about your internal soul, well, now we're talking about a whole different set of failures. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and to paraphrase the Bible, um, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a, a Southern interpretation, but you know, for the guy that doesn't have anybody around him when they fall, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. I mean, you know, it says, you know, woe to him who doesn't have guys around him when they fall. Because it, not if, but when. And you're boxing yourself in and you're limiting God whenever you're relying on something just solely you in the natural and your own strength. So hope that empowered somebody today because, you know, otherwise we just have to cross empowerment off the list here of, of our outline. But no, I think we covered some good stuff. Um, you know, let me give you one sentence since I didn't prepare you for this. I'll only do one. Uh, and we go off script sometimes. Uh, but it, you seem like, a, I mean, you're a Saints fan. You can handle anything. Exactly. So, hey, so finish this sentence. People will know TJ Todd was here and was a man of faith leading men because of his legacy. Which is my family, my faith, the ministry, nothing about him, but things I leave behind. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, that's good. I, you know, I, I always ask guys, you know, what, it, you know, if you had a footprint and, and, you know, we look back at the travel the path you, you walked, you know, what are we going to see? What's it going to say? What stories are you going to tell? And, and I think here today, it's evident that TJ has made it about somebody else. It's not about him and it's about pouring into other men 
It's about pouring into his family and leaving the, you know, building a business together based on, you know, scriptural biblical principles. Um, it's about relying on a God who unquestionably has it figured out, made us. He's not surprised um, by anything we're going through. So, um, you know, to close this out, I'll just, I'll just say, you know, well, first tell them where they can find these, uh, these new materials and content for Uncommon. Sure, sure. So uh, the main website is uncommon.org and it's spelled M-E-N at the end of it. So it's uncommon.org. Uh, so there you can go and sign up for our newsletter. You can see all the weekly blogs we send out. It's every week. Um, if you um, want to download our app, we just launched a new app recently about two weeks mm -hmm. ago. Mm. get our new website first of the year so we kind of hit one two punch <laughs> 2021 nice. but um we have also uh we develop monthly content that goes on you version and devotions there as well as on uh, olive tree and we just partnered with go tandem and back to the bible to share our content there as well so very cool very cool definitely going to download the app when we hang up um, so yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, and listeners, uh, you know, audience, thanks for joining us again. And, and I know that there was some things unique to TJ's story, his life, his experiences, his perspective that we haven't heard before. So that's the beauty of this platform, the beauty of these outlines, they may be the same, but the perspectives are different and what you walk away with is different. So I hope you're walking away just a little better than you than the way you showed up today. Uh, I know I did. So I, I, I'm encouraging you, go find his materials, go to Uncommon, go get that content because guys, it's a life changer. Um, I've read some of the stuff and, and, and you won't be able to put it down, but it's practical, it's real talk. Um, it's not sugar-coated, it's truth, but it's grace. Um, and, and I would encourage you because you, you will you will be better and you will be able to apply some of this stuff. So uh, I want to thank you on behalf of our listeners again, TJ, thank you again for being here and, and everybody uh, until next time, be blessed. Thanks guys. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away